Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's Podcast. Kiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by one day Barber. Barber will go all the way. Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's 10th of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Intercepted. Rondé Barber to the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's dominate today. The Barber Twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. Welcome to the final episode of 2022 of Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. Ron Kruk, joined as always by the New York Giants all-time leading rusher, Tiki Barber, and Super Bowl 37 champ with the Tampa Bay Bucks, and I should say Emmy Award winning now, Rondé Barber. Well done. Happy New Year to you both, guys. Happy New Year to you as well. Looking forward to 2023. Yeah, 2023 can't get here fast enough, like in three days cannot wait for uh, this season to end so we can get back to some normalcy hopefully in football never I think those days are long gone because I mean it's literally taking 16 weeks for the NFL playoff picture to finally begin to take shape uh let's go through it guys in the NFC four of the seven spots have been clinched and five of the seven in the AFC have been settled Tiki, start off with you. Give us your thoughts on the current playoff situation. Yeah, it's really unique for a team like my Giants who came into the season with no expectation of success, yet here they are with two weeks to play, and they're in a win-and-you're-in situation. They've got to win one more game, and they're in the postseason. So it's, it's, it's hit favorably for them because they've been so good in one-score games, except for last week against the Minnesota Vikings, who are the only team that have been better in one score games, 11 and 0, kicking a 61 yard field goal uh, to beat the Giants. And on the other side of the conference is the AFC. The Chargers are storming back to being relevant. They are the last team in right now, and they're kind of in a win game in, a win and you're in situation as well. And as I told you last week, Austin Eckler, the dude does nothing but score touchdowns. 16 total is leading the NFL. And he's got 30 or so, maybe even more, over the last season and a half. So that kid's been balling. Absolutely. Hey, Rondé, we're going to preview your Bucks massive team. Uh, but first, I want to get your take on just the current state of the NFL playoffs. Well, I think Tiki misspoke. The Chargers won last week and are in the playoffs. Yeah. The AFC, and I'll start there real quick, six teams still vying for a playoff spot, which is awesome with two weeks left to go in the season. But in the right. N- NFC, uh, it is, it's, it's anybody's ball game, really, for those last 17, buying for those last couple of playoff spots. And it, there's no bigger week for the NFC South than this week. 
Tampa and Carolina. We're going to get to that game in a little bit. But two weeks ago, maybe even three weeks ago, I would have said Carolina has no chance at uh, being even a possibility to be in the playoffs. And now you, you look at everyone else and they control their own destiny. How is that even possible? But in this crazy NFL season, that's exactly what we're looking forward to. So I know there's some really big games this week with a lot of playoff implications. As far as the NFC South goes, this is this is probably going to determine who wins it. Absolutely. As we take a look at records against the spread, the Bengals still own the best record and keep rolling at 12 and three. And Tiki's New York Giants second now at 11 and four. If you look at the number ones, both AFC and NFC, they're not helping betters out so much. The Bills, a very pedestrian seven seven and one against the spread, and the Eagles sit at eight and seven but it is a do or die time for many teams looking to secure a playoff spot or at least keep their postseason dreams alive as we roll into week number 17 and we kick off with a matchup that could very well determine the nfc south title between the six and nine carolina panthers and the seven and eight tampa bay bucks if tampa can earn the victory. They claim the division title. If the Panthers, as Rondé said, upset the Bucs in Florida and then beat the Saints next week, they unbelievably win that division. Uh, You know, basically an accomplishment no one predicted several months ago when they started the fire sale and traded a bunch of key players, including Christian McCaffrey. But Carolina playing very well down the stretch, coming off a beatdown of the Detroit Lions. Well, the Buccaneers just managed to get by the Cardinals on the road last week. These two teams, guys, faced each other in week seven. Panthers earning the surprising 21-3 to victory. Superbook opening odds. Tampa Bay opened up as a field goal favorite. Current odds, they are still at minus three. The point total opened at 40 points, and it's gone up to uh, just a half point, 40 and a half. The money line, Tampa Bay is minus 160 and Carolina plus 140. All right, let's break this one down. Uh, Tom Brady maybe is beginning to look his age, but really is it his fault? And on the opposite side, the surprising Panthers, could they steal the division behind that punishing run game? They absolutely can steal the division. And we'll go back real quick to that week seven game. That was the week. In, ter- in my mind, at least, where I said this Bucks team might not be able to figure out what's going on this year because that Carolina team back then was awful. They were a terrible football team uh, under their ex-head coach, and they still found a way to beat Tampa Bay. Since then, a couple of weeks later, they fire uh, their head coach and give Steve Wilkes some credit for, this, for what he's done in, for this football team. They traded Christian McCaffrey, and they got better running the football. Now, that's... <laughs> And an abnormal thing to say, but it's absolutely the case. Uh, Deontay Foreman and Chubba Hubbard, who, right, have absolutely dominated running the football in the past couple of weeks. Sam Darnold took over Kordak. He's won three of his last four games. And it's really no secret. It's not pretty. And Steve Wilkes said it this this week. It's not going to be sexy. We're going to try to bludgeon you to death running the football and make teams have to uh, have to tackle these big running backs. And they've been able to do it. The one game that they lost here recently, it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I remember thinking it was a shot because they only rushed for 21 yards. And that was the difference. Every other game, 200, 320 yards last week against Detroit, 223 yards against uh, 
uh, Seattle weeks before. And as you know, 185 against Denver is when the streak kind of started uh, for these Panthers. And so they're very sound football team. They do enough on defense. Now, when I talk about the Bucs, and I'm not going to bloviate on them because I know too much about them, the reality is, is that Tom Brady in this offense is not playing up to snuff. His accuracy is off. He has great players, right? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage is even coming on strong here. Uh, Leonard Fournette is one of the best receiving running backs at the backfield uh, this season, and yet they still can't score any points. They've won seven games this year, Tiki, seven games this year, and not one of them have they scored more than 21 points. That's what this football team is. Their defense is doing enough. Their offense certainly is not doing their fair share of the, of the load. Yeah, the problem is Tom Brady is old and he is showing his age. And it, I'm not going to say, oh, he looks decrepit and he's ancient and he can't move, which he can't. But his decisions are just a tick slow. You saw it last week when he's trying to throw – uh, Mike Evans into the open to cover two hole, just a tick late, and he got intercepted and picked mm. off. The other issue is that the offensive line with some of those guys banged up the center and uh, Donovan Smith was out last week. Tom's getting too much pressure, and if he gets pressure he with a late release, he, sometimes his arm just barely gets nicked, the ball floats into the air, and he's had turnovers in each of his last uh, three games, I believe. And so seven of those interceptions have come in the last four. He's got nine on the season, seven in the last four weeks. So teams have started to figure them out. And you mentioned the the running attack on the other side for the Carolina Panthers. It's simple. Uh, it's football, a 101 from 1985. Hand it off mm. to Chuba or Deontay, uh, and don't turn the football over, Sam Donald, and you will get you will more likely win games than lose them. So you get simple when your team is inferior, and somehow you end up playing better. That's what's happening in Carolina. Game management for sure. And, and un-TB12 like numbers uh, in 2022 for the GOATs. There's no doubt about it. Superbook current odds for this big game. Tampa Bay is minus three and the point total sits at 40 and a half. All right, guys, let's make some picks. Let's begin. I'm going to break it up. I'm going over to Rondé today because it's his team. Rondé. Who are you going with? You going with your Bucks to get it done, or are you taking the points with Carolina? Look, Carolina, uh, the Bucks are only minus three because they're playing at home here, and I don't know that there's much of a, a home field advantage in Tampa these days because a lot of the fan base here is just frustrated with this football team. Uh, with that being said, I do believe this Bucks uh, offense can get going in a game like this. They're, Carolina's defense is, is sound, but they lost J.C. Horn, their best quarterback this week to uh to a wrist injury and so they, <laughs> they go out and sign josh norman i looked at their depth i looked at the depth chart on the carolina secondary there is like three corners on the roster right now so josh norman is probably going to play this week uh and with that receiving group i can't imagine that this bucks offense doesn't find a way to take advantage of them and if this bucks team gets out ahead I don't think Carolina has any chance or the offensive firepower to get back into the football game. So I'll take uh, Tampa at home minus three. I think this will be the game, uh, especially because they know if they don't win this football game, that they no longer control their destiny in the NFC South. I think they throw everything to try to get this victory this week. No, I think I have to agree with you, Ronde, mainly because it's at home and not that there's a home field advantage, but I can't keep watching Mike Evans not score touchdowns. Then, you know, 12 weeks, whatever it is, right. this will be the 12th week. He hasn't scored a touchdown. I know that Chris Godwin is a more 
I don't know, smooth route runner, especially in the intermediate range, and therefore he gets more targets, as is Russell Gage, as Rondé mentioned. But I can't imagine that this whole season is going to go without Tom Brady and Mike Evans starting to connect on some of these downfield throws. Uh, the real threat for Carolina is Brian Burns, who's got 11 and a half, maybe 12 and a half sacks or so. If they can find a way to mitigate him, maybe maybe in the run game, uh, then Tampa is the better team, even though you got to give Carolina and Steve Wilkes a ton of credit. They've been five and five in his in his interim tenure here, and about average is where you would say they are. The Bucks should be above average. Give me the Bucks playing three at home. All right, both the bars are going with the Tampa Bay Bucks in this huge game. I think you both made valid points. Carolina, though, I feel is just playing better football behind that solid running game. I mean, Hubert and Foreman are just absolutely steamrolling opposing defenses. And you you mentioned the numbers. Brady has been uh, struggling, throwing six picks and just five touchdowns uh, since week 14. The Bucks have gone one and two in those games. Now, normally, I would 100% go with the GOAT and Brady in a huge game situation like this. I mean, I think last year, guys, on the show, I promised I would never bet against Tom Brady in big games like this. And now I'm 100% going to break that promise, uh, which means he might just go off. He'll go TB12 Super Bowl mode. But I just think the Panthers are playing better right now. They'll put some points on the board. Brady with uh, Ronda, you saying three cornerbacks on the roster. I mean, Brady might throw 100 times in this game. Who knows? That scares me. But I think Carolina will keep it close. And if they do, that means the division winner would finish the season with a losing record, which is just 100% fitting for this season. Let the turmoil begin. I'll take the Panthers plus three. Superbook still offering football fans bonuses and promotions, including up to $1,000 when you sign up, make a deposit and wager, plus get in on all the weekly football point spread and parlay bonuses. Check out Superbook.com for details and download that app today. Game number two, we move to the AFC East and the reeling Miami Dolphins. Losers of four in a row, guys, as they limp into New England to face the struggling Patriots who have lost two in a row, albeit tough, close games on crazy, really costly miscues. The winner of this game, though, will control their playoff fate. Currently, Miami holds a one-game lead over everybody else fighting for that number seven seed. All right. We just learned Tua is out with that concussion, another concussion, which is a scary situation. So that means Teddy Bridgewater will get the start for the Dolphins. Miami comes in 7-8 and eight against the spread, and New England is 7-7-1. Seven, seven, and one. Opening odds, we've had some movement for sure in this one, guys. Uh, opening odds had the Dolphins as a one-point favorite, the total sitting at 43 and a half. And now it went up to New England being a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and that was when the Tua situation was still unknown. Now that it has been announced that Teddy will quarterback the Finns, uh, the Patriots are minus three, only went up a half point, and the total has come down to 42. The money line for the Dolphins, plus 135, and New England is sitting at minus 155. No Tua, no Bueno. Bridgewater gets the start against a New England team. Guys, that just continues to find new ways to lose. 
has Belichick lost his magic touch? <laughs> well, you know, it's hard not it's hard not to question that because what we've seen over the last almost two decades is almost perfect situational football. I mean, hell, they won Super Bowls by getting the situation just right. You got to drive 40 yards and get in the field goal range and run this amount of time off the clock and then kick the game-winning field goal. You do that. You got to make a stop and force overtime and then get it in the hands of Tom Brady, who thinks and dunks his way. They find ways to win football. These last couple of weeks, somehow Ramonde Stevenson is still on this team after one lateraling that led to a gross loss against uh, the the Las Vegas Raiders. And then this yeah. past week, and he fumbles going down the field uh, on a game potentially winning drive and, and, and allowed uh, and, and forced another loss. So this team situationally hasn't been good. And that speaks specifically to coaching. There's certain things that are on the players. A lot of those uh, you know situational moments, those are on the coaching. So yes, I think he has lost the take in a, being able to communicate the importance of situations to his team. But with that being said, they play hard. They play their asses off. We've talked about UJ on the other side and, uh, and, and uh, Judon as well. Like they get after it defensively, offensively. They're smart when Mac Jones doesn't make mistakes. So I trust them, but I just feel like that little Belichick edge isn't sinking in. And for the Dolphins, um, if they haven't been running the ball very consistently and with Tua out and Teddy Bridgewater in, They've been 0-2 this season. They just lose a little something. And I don't want to say it's magic because, because Tua hasn't really had that the last couple of weeks. But for a while, they had this magic that Tua was producing. And Teddy just doesn't give you yeah. that when you look at what Mike McDaniel's trying to do. Well, Tiki, I'm going to tell you one thing. Bill Belichick probably hasn't lost it. What he's lost is good assistant <laughs> coaches. That, that's where the problem is. Situational awareness uh, it can't start from the top, so it starts with Belichick. It's just not being communicated. By, I think with probably not great coaches right now, and that's probably that's unquestioned if you ask me. Uh, especially some of the things that they're doing on offense. On offense, they're just they're uninspiring. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, New, the New England Patriots. Mac Jones is he's capable, right? He's still young. I mean, we should probably all perhaps lower our expectations for him because I think we're trying to make him something that he's not quite ready to be yet. I think he'll be okay. But the reality is this team is just their mistake prone. Give them credit for coming back last week against Cincinnati. And yeah. some of that was helped by uh, Joe Burrow's couple of, couple of uh, mistakes that he made. But they showed some grittiness. Like, it, it was a game I thought, it, for a moment, I thought they deserved to win this football game. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they didn't. I can't say that for the Miami Dolphins. They haven't looked like they've deserved to win a game other than the one they went up to Buffalo and played in the, in the cold and everything else besides that Tua has looked like the two I expected him to look at the beginning of the year I think he's overachieved to be honest with you Tua Tungabailoa the entire offense and it helped obviously that you got a speedster like Hill Waddle we knew what he was from the year before but they've twice blown 10 point leads in the last couple of weeks this team is is proving that they're much like the New England Patriots and can find ways to lose games period the officer, the, the coach, this is Mike McDaniel's time. He has to find a way to win a football game without having all explosive plays to be the deciding factor. They, they haven't been able to do it yet. There's a reason why you lose four games late in the year. Teams start figuring you out. They make your quarterback have to become more, more one-dimensional. Your refusal to even try to start a run game with Raheem Mostart and whoever else, that, that those things are what make average teams bad teams 
come playoff time. And that's exactly what this Miami team looks like. So who will break their losing streak? Dolphins have lost four in a row. New England, two in a row. Someone's O has got to go. According to Superbook.com right now, we've had a lot of movement. As I mentioned, Miami opened early uh, in the week as the one-point favorite. Now that the news has come down that Teddy Bridgewater will be the starter, New England is a three-point favorite at home. All right, we give the honors to Tiki. Who are you going with the, in this game, Tiki? Well, I mean, if it was going to be like last week or it was stupidly frigid in the Northeast, I'd say yeah. this is all uh, the the New England Patriots at home. And, you know, I still want to lean that way, but something tells me they're going to find some dumb way to lose. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, bad habits become routine. And that's what that's just what they've done. And whether it's Mac or whether it's Ramondi Stevenson or Jacoby, whoever, right? Whoever it is, they, they find ways to put themselves in losing positions. And while I don't want to say this is going to come down to coaching, I do trust that Mike McDaniel with a week uh, with Teddy Bridgewater will find a game plan that utilizes all of their offensive talent. Because as Rondé mentioned, there is a ton of it. We just have seen it become myopic when Tua can just throw, you know, 30-yard bombs down the field to Tyreek Hill. Mike McDaniel is a good coach. I think he finds a way to, uh, to go up and cover this three points. So give me the Miami Dolphins plus three now on the road. And you picked Miami last week. Kudos to you, Tiki, in that big game over Green Bay. So he's riding the Dolphins. How about you, Rondé? Who do you like? You know what? This New England defense is still pretty good. Tiki mentioned it. They're playing hard. They're stingy. They're eighth in in in, uh, in total defense. They take the ball away. They have the second most interceptions on the, on the year. Uh, this is these are two teams floundering on the fringes of the playoff, right? Like, yeah. which one wants to get there? I mean, you both have the opportunity <laughs> to be there. Wants to take the bit by the horn and do it. I don't believe Miami can be the same without Tua. Teddy Bridgewater is a good player. He's won in this league, but we know exactly what Teddy Bridgewater is. I have faith that the Pats at home are going to win a game with a great defense over an offense in Miami that is not playing as good as they possibly can and don't have their quarterback. At the, at the end of the day, defense wins these type of football games. And like you said, Tiki, they have Great pass rushers. They're taking the ball away. I think that's the deciding factor. Give me, give me uh, New England in this. I think they cover three points here. Well, and having seen the Patriots implode in their past two games, it's really hard to believe that they're still in the playoff hunt. And and then the flip side, the Dolphins, zero and four, same situation. You know, the good news for New England is they do get that struggling Dolphins team. Has gone. They've gone zero and four in December at home. The Dolphins haven't won a road game, I think, since week number nine. So with the issue without Tua and that Patriots defense that you mentioned, Rondé, they're going to create some major issues. I think they're going to send the entire house after him. And the Patriots uh, rank number two in the NFL in sacks. I think they are the difference in this game. And the other thing, crazy fact, that Teddy Bridgewater has never faced a Bill Belichick defense and that's usually a big issue for quarterbacks that are facing him for the first time. So I'm going to agree with Rondé on this one. Give me the Patriots minus the three points. Here we go. All right. Follow us on all social media platforms at Superbook Sports. Check out Superbook.com and get in on the college football action, NBA, NHL, and, of course, the NFL playoffs are coming up as well. 
The final game, guys, of Week 17 could be a preview of this year's AFC Championship game. Maybe the biggest game on Monday Night Football in years when the number one seed in the AFC, the 12-3 and Buffalo Bills, try to keep home field advantage when they travel to Cincinnati to face those surging 11-4 and Bengals who have won seven straight. But Buffalo is on a roll right now as well, winning six in a row. No doubt these two teams are on fire. The last time these two teams played each other in January was 1988, the AFC Championship. I'm guessing it was Esiason versus Kelly. Now we got Allen versus Burrow in what could be an absolute offensive shootout. Superbook.com opened the odds at Buffalo minus one, and they have remained steady. The Bills are still a one-point favorite. Total hasn't moved either, has remained steady at 49 and a half. The Bills on the money line, minus 115. Comeback on Cincinnati is minus 105. Okay, Cincinnati guys, maybe arguably the hottest team in the NFL, winning 9 of 10, but they run into Josh Allen. Can he lead his team to their seventh straight victory while being on the road? This is a great, great game. There is no doubt that this is going to be the game of the year. At least on paper, it should be the game of the year. Uh, two of the best young quarterbacks in football, two of the best teams in the AFC fighting this one out. And look, across the board, I think Buffalo is the better football team. They're top 10 in all offensive categories. They score 28 points a game. Uh, if you eliminate the turnovers, take away Josh Allen's turnovers, and this, to me, is the best team in football, right? Now, th- their defense, we had their questions about them a couple of weeks ago. Since then, they've work their way back into a very respectable type of football team that can match up. However, they get the triumphant this week, right? These three receivers in Cincinnati, Chase, Boyd, and uh, and Higgins, they are 6th, 18th, and 51st in yards per game. Like, how is that even possible? You have three guys that are in the, basically in the top 50 of yards per game. It just it speaks to where this offense has really evolved to. I feel like Cincinnati – much like I was on them last year, I'm getting back on them now. They, they finally, yeah, they finally <laughs> hit their potential, their full potential. It was troubling last week, of course. We just talked about it with the New England red zone interception, pick six, let New England get back into that game. But Joe Burrow, 77%, 375 yards and three touchdowns. That speaks to a lot. A lot of that was in the first half. They didn't play as well in the second half, but it still speaks to what this team can be. I would be concerned uh, that they lost their tackle, right? Uh, Leo Collins, right, to to uh, to an ACL. If there's a way that Buffalo can impact this, this game, it'll be in that regard. Get hits on Joe Burrow. Of late, they've changed their system. The ball's coming out much quicker, 2.65 seconds or whatever, which is definitely a departure from where it was early in the year when he was taking a lot of hits. Uh, but this Buffalo team, only 26 sacks, and they don't have Vaughn Miller. It's the fourth fewest in the NFL. That's probably going to be the factor in this game. Yeah, this is going to come down to quarterbacks for me. I hate to simplify it in so many cliche ways. It's a quarterback-driven league. But when you have two of the best with two of the best records, I think the two best records in the AFC right now, 12 wins for the Bills and 11 for the Cincinnati Bengals, it obviously focuses on the quarterback. And you mentioned Josh Allen, Rondé. Josh Allen is such a special player. um, But in some ways, he has become the modern uh, Brett Favre. And I mean that with all due respect, but also caution. Uh, over the last year and a half, he's had 105 touchdown passes, which is third in the league. But he's also had 38 interceptions, which is first over that same time frame. So 
He's risk reward. Um, the other thing and the X factor for me when I look at the Bills is their run game. They're, it's such an odd statistic when you look at it because it doesn't make any sense. And I wrote this down. They're eighth in the league in rush yards. Eighth, right. number eight. But as it pertains to running backs, they're 20th. So like they don't run the ball traditionally. And it's not Lamar Jackson-esque running the football. It is just in the in the structure of their offense. Josh Allen carries so much weight to their success. And if there's any way to disrupt him, and I don't know if Cincinnati will have a specific game plan because teams have tried to do that. But if there's ways to disrupt Josh Allen, the Cincinnati Bengals, with all of those offensive skill position players in the wide receiving room, uh, and Samaje P. Ryan and Joe Mixon in the backfield, like they have the clear advantage when it comes to quarterback import to the team. And so um, I have to look at this game from a quarterback position. Whichever one of these guys plays the most flawless, not best, flawless is going to win this game. Basically a pick em game, guys, as the Buffalo Bills come into Cincinnati as the one-point favorite. Total is 49 and a half. Let's make some picks. We go back to Rondé. Who are you going with in this one? You said it, Ron. This is a toss-up game. Um, it's going to be great. Both teams can score it well. We've seen it all year long. I'm guessing whoever has the ball last wins this football game. Seriously. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of game. If it's, it's, not gonna be gonna, if it's not that kind of game, we should all be collectively disappointed because that's, that's what I want to see on Monday night, last week of the game. They've had a bunch of duds on Monday night football recently, oh, uh, but this one definitely will not be that. To me, it's going to be the Bills uh, on defense versus uh, – that explosive Cincinnati Bengals offense, if they can hold them down, they have a chance uh, to, to win this one. And again, one point, I, I see why they're favored because everybody loves them. And I know the Bills are, I know the Bengals are at home, but the reality is the, the Bills have found a way recently to win a bunch of close games. And I think they'll continue to do that. Yeah, I'm going to go opposite you. So you're taking the Bills, getting a point. I'm going to take Cincinnati, uh, laying the point, just for argument's sake. This is a game that, it is, as Rondé said, it could go either way, but I think it's going to come down to which quarterback makes the least mistakes. And mm. the guy this season, who ha- is, it's been Joe Burrow. He hasn't made a ton of mistakes because it's not all on him. I think the Bills, they, they, they tend to push so much on Josh Allen, which, by the way, he wants. Like, he has that personality to, to excel in that type of situation. But sometimes um, you, you, you come up against a, a foe who is hot, and you mentioned it, seven in a row they've won, nine out of their last ten. The Cincinnati Bengals have been the hottest team in football. This game's going to be a lot of fun. Rondé going with the Bills and Tiki with the Bengals. I'm expecting offensive fireworks, and I, I'm 100% with you. I think this could be whoever has that ball last uh, is probably going to win it. Both teams rank in the top eight in the NFL in yards per game, passing yards per game, points per game. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, I I think, as you both mentioned, I think the Bills' ground game is going to be key. They've been running wild, averaging 162 yards per game uh, in the past six weeks. With And Josh Allen really doing more damage with his legs than he is with his arm. Can the Bengals' defense slow them down? Uh, I think they can. The Natty is going to be rocking on Monday night. And this is the game where I think the Bills make – or the the Bengals, excuse me, make a statement – prove they are a Super Bowl contender as well. I've been riding them for weeks. Tiki jumped on the train. I don't know, Rondé, we, we, we stopped for you, but we, we just passed by. Um, sorry, maybe next week. But 
give me the Bengals in this one. And <laughs> I mean, I'll slow it down. You can jump on. Are you sure? I'm not ready to get back on yet. I'll wait. All I'll right. wait till I have right. wait. Well, that leaves more room for all you fans in Ohio because Superbook <laughs> is going to be live in the great state of Ohio come January 1st. We're super excited to launch in Ohio. So get to superbook.com, sign up, and uh, start jumping on your Browns and, and the Buckeyes in their, their big game. Uh, I guess you'll have to wait. To, you need a win if you're going to go live in Ohio uh, this Saturday mm-hmm. to get to that national championship game. But we are excited. The, a great state of, uh, of sports in Ohio, and we go live there on January 1st. All right, guys, uh, speaking of schools and colleges, let's pull a little Rodney Dangerfield and go back to school for our final segment. This week is the bowl season in full swing. The college football four-team playoff is the key as that gets underway this Saturday. Number one, Georgia tangles with number four, Ohio State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. And then number two, Michigan battles number three, TCU, the Cinderella story in the VRBO Fiesta Bowl. Let's pick both these games, beginning with uh, Georgia versus Ohio State. Guys, uh, number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs gunning for their second straight national championship when they take on the Buckeyes. Current odds, according to Superbook.com, Georgia is the six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, The point total is at 62, expecting a lot of scoring in this one. The last time Ohio State won a national championship was 2014 when they were the number four seed. Can they make another run to the title? Let's begin with you, Tiki. Who do you like in this game? So I was fortunate enough to call both of these teams, Georgia down at Mississippi State and Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. So I've seen both of these teams in person. And Georgia, despite having this great defense and this super balanced offense with Stetson Bennett, under center, they they feel boring. <laughs> they feel like a team that you watch and you're like, yeah, yeah I'm not scared of them. Yeah, but they just keep winning. It's been two years and they just keep winning. Brock Bowers is the best tight end in college football and probably has been for the last couple of years. And then for Ohio State, their advantage is that they have the best quarterback left in the college football playoff in C.J. Stroud. He is a man amongst boys. They don't run the ball very effectively. In fact, they don't have a thousand-yard rusher so it's been a little bit by committee, but they have two receivers who are just elite, both over a thousand yards. And that's going to be the challenge for this Georgia defense is how do you stop those two guys? I think the key is going to be an impact player for Ohio State's defense. JT Tuamolo, who is a D-tackle DN, he's disruptive. He drops back into that whole coverage uh, and, and disrupts passing lanes. He has a couple interceptions. If he can be disruptive to Stetson Bennett, get after him in the backfield, that's the edge that Ohio State needs. And getting six and a half points, I'm going to go with Ohio State plus six and a half points, even though it's effectively a home game for Georgia. I tell you what, it couldn't have been set up better for Georgia. Get the Peach Bowl. You're basically playing at home. You talk about disruptive defensive players, Deke. You got to admit, Jalen Carter might be the most violent stud in college football right now that that defense last year georgia's defense last year had all those top picks right five of them going Mm -hmm. to first round or something he's probably better than all of those guys and he will be and he'll be a factor in this football game can can ohio state block him I, i i don't know but i know one thing ohio state over the last five years no team has scored more points 
uh, uh, per game and more touchdowns. Over that exact same span, no defense has yielded fewer points or fewer touchdowns than Georgia. So I know people are expecting this to be a shootout. Georgia is not they're like you said, they're not sexy. They don't have an elite wide receiver. They don't have a game breaking tailback. You know, they have uh, Stetson Bennett, who is a gamer. They have two tight ends. You mentioned Brock Bowers as a stud. Darnell Washington is 6'7", 270 something pounds and is almost like unstoppable himself. So yeah. what do you do? They just, right. They just wear you down. They physically wear you down on both sides of the ball. They're big. They're powerful on, on inside. And Ohio State, yes, they have C.J. Stroud. And, yes, they have Marvin Harrison, who probably is the best college wide receiver I've seen in a very, very, very long Amazing. time. And that high spread, uh, the, high, the high octane spread offense can, can really get after people. But I'm telling you, Georgia just has a way of wearing you out. And they do it. They've done it. You said it, TK. They've done it for two straight years. I think they'll do it again this weekend. All right. So a little disagreement in the first college football playoff game. A little, yeah, throwing it. That's And I love that. I'm glad you're in punches because I think the key is, can the Buckeye offense just stand toe-to-toe and bang with the Bulldogs defense? You guys broke it down perfectly. I mean, Tiki mentioned Harrison and Stroud. They are elite players, but the defense uh, of Georgia, a couple of future NFL studs in in Carter and uh, I think Ringo as well is is killing it up there. So, I mean, you look at, uh, I guess, maybe the X factor for me is just the beatdown that the Buckeyes took against Michigan. I mean, I don't know where their mindset is. They come into Atlanta. Uh, You know, of course, they're going to be motivated to, to win the national championship. But, uh, I mean, the dogs basically have a home field advantage. It's a lot of points, and I was going back and forth, but give me Georgia to roll into their second straight title game. The number two and number three matchup has the Michigan Wolverines squaring off against the 12-1 and TCU Horned Frogs as they try to become the first Big 12 team to make it to the national championship in the playoffs nine-year history. Current odds, according to Superbook.com, Michigan comes in as the touchdown and a half favorite and the over under 58 and a half. All right, fellas, can those underdog Horned Frogs and head coach Sonny Dykes keep it closer than seven points in the first ever meeting between these two schools? But I, I just looked at this game, just looked at the matchup. They, they score roughly the same amount of points per game. Actually, I think there's a slight edge in yards per game to TCU. Uh, but Michigan has that dominant run game, right? Just stupid. And Michigan has a much, much better defense than TCU does. Uh, we watched TCU lose in the conference championship game to Kansas State. So do they really feel like they can go and beat Michigan in, in, in the Fiesta Bowl? I, I don't know. Max Dugan took his off this year, right? He got his opportunity. He threw for 3,300 yards, 30 touchdowns to only four interceptions. And the, the best thing about Max Dugan is his ability to process their offense and make plays off schedule. Every single one of their plays is tagged as a run-pass option. Their offense is actually amazing when you watch him execute it. Now, their, their offensive coordinator, uh, what's his name, Garrett Riley, best assistant coach in college football this year. He just won the award, the Royals award last week. So I think that their offense will be able to come to play. They have that huge wide receiver. Dude, you've seen this wide receiver, right? The Quentin Johnston. Have you uh, seen yep. this dude? This guy is a, is a player player. I but when I look at this, 
<laughs> right. <laughs> when, I, when I look at this team, when I look at this game, I look at it and I say, look, Michigan's either going to run over TCU because TCU plays this kind of positionless 3-3-5 defense. And Michigan saw it a couple of weeks ago and just dominated it. They are schemed, diverse, fundamentally sound up front. They got five offensive linemen and probably every backup offensive lineman that will play in the NFL that nobody has ever has threatened to stop this Michigan run game. And I don't see how TCU does it uh, this week either. TCU, I hope this is a shootout, but Michigan just finds ways to win every single type of game. Ugly, pretty, doesn't matter. They are a really good football team under Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, you talk about that 3-3-5. Purdue ran the same defense um, in the Big Ten championship game. And it was it's one of those it's one of those defenses that looks impressive because they can cover everybody. But when you start pounding it, remember when we played Michigan in the Pigskin Classic, uh, you know, back in 1995? Our big fear was that those big offensive linemen were just gonna start laying on us. Just, just they just lay on you over time, and you're like, yeah, I can hold up, I can hold up. Like then eventually you're like, dude, I'm I'm shot, man. That's what Michigan does. It's what they did to Purdue. They they held Donovan Edwards, who was filling in for Blake Corum, who had knee surgery and is out for the rest of the season. He was the best rusher in the Big Twelve, our uh, Big Ten this past season. Uh, but he rushed for 200 or so yards against Ohio State. Then he turns around in the Big Ten championship game and breaks off a, a, a 70 or 80 yarder yeah. right at the beginning of the second uh, second half. And it's because that physicality just catches up to you. And in our minds, we say, oh, they just run the ball and they play great defense. You know, Georgia has the number two defense. You know, number one, Michigan. Right. So it's just defense and run the football. But J.J. McCarthy makes some off platform throws that you mm. don't see on the college level. He'll roll right. He'll, the play is designed to go back to his left side. Everybody knows it, but they forget. It's like, he's not going to make that throw. He turns, flips, <laughs> tips, that ball's on a line uh, to his two wide receivers, uh, Cornelius Johnson and Ronnie Bell. And so I believe, and, Sh- and Schumacher, who's the tight end, is just he sneaks in everywhere, and you get the shoo all over the, you know, re- reverberating. They're going to travel. It's going to feel like a home game to them. Uh, I got to take Michigan. I know it's a lot of points at seven and a half, but Michigan has been one of the best teams all season long. They've had some close games, but they've been resilient. Uh, and against an inferior opponent in TCU, I think they take this one pretty handily. All right. I'm going to make it a clean sweep. It's a classic matchup between those two different conference styles. As you said, TCU will try to pull Michigan into a Big 12-style high-scoring game. Wolverines will just try and keep it a grind behind their running game. What I found interesting with Michigan this year, guys, is that just they've been a very slow starting team. And then they come out into the locker room. They make adjustments. They come out at halftime and explode in the second half. Just look at the Ohio State game as as proof. Uh, and, and they also have a, a plus 206 point differential in the second half this season, which is just insane to me. I love TCU. I love the story. I think it's great for the sport. I think they'll keep it close, uh, but then I think Michigan wears them down and they'll pull away late to cover and earn that rematch with the Bulldogs. Should be a lot of fun. Of course, the winners advance to the college football playoff championship game January 9th in Englewood, California. Should be a lot of fun. Guys, that's going to do it for another edition of Betting with the Barbers, powered, of course, by Superbook Sports. As always, we appreciate your support. Ask you to take a second to like, rate, and subscribe. 
Betting with the Barbers is available on Spotify, Apple Music, and of course at Superbook.com, which is going live. We can't wait. January 1st in the great state of Ohio. Fellas, before uh, we kick off Thursday night football right here where I'm at, Tennessee hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Give us your final thoughts uh, before a huge week in the NFL. Just win, baby, for the New York Giants. Just win and get in and exceed everybody's expectations. And Cowboys, dude, they're vulnerable every week. I don't trust them at all. Well, they're probably not going to lose to Tennessee, who is floundering out of the out of the AFC South lead uh, Jacksonville Jaguar, who are, are surging right now. I have I have a little note it says Jaguars greater than Titans right now on my, my computer. But I, my my final takeaway is there are some great games this week, other than the ones that we talked about. Pitt at Baltimore, Pittsburgh still in the playoff conversation. Baltimore's trying to get the top seed in the in, in the North. Minnesota and Green Bay is going to be a great Green Bay is trying to get back in a playoff conversation. Like, what is going on? And then New Orleans and Philly. New Orleans is technically not out. And Gardner missed you through for 355 yards in a loss last week at Philly. Like, football is really good this week. So lock in. It's going to be awesome. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you mentioned Tennessee and Jacksonville. At one point, Tennessee was seven and three, and Jacksonville was three and seven. Titans reeling. I you know, just because I'm dedicated to this show, I will go down to Broadway tonight and uh, I will go to Tootsie's and just make sure I get, you know, the, the vibe here, you know, uh, uh, you know, investigative journalism at its best. And uh, nice. I'll, I'll report to you back next week. Uh, you'll probably win an Emmy. You'll probably win an Emmy for that one. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm hoping so, man. I got to follow in your footsteps. And Tiki, safe travels for you. Guys, we'll do it again next week. Great job as always. You've been locked into the Betting with a Barbers podcast. 10, 5, touchdown Tiki Barber. Presented by Superbook Sports, featuring former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki and Rondé Barber, and featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today, and never miss out on the Barber Twins' weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.